Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. No matter where we are, we can be in a Russian jungle, a dungeon. We can be in all kinds of prisons. We can be by the power of demons today, tortured and tormented. But when that trumpet sounds, we're coming up. We're leaving this world. I know you'll keep it. I know you will stay in the word, as our brother has said. May the God of heaven give you power and grace and determination to walk this journey until the trumpet sounds or the Lord orders another change. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I give you this torch. Elder and Sister Ferris. Let me serve this church a little notice. We are never going to quit preaching Jesus' name. And we're not going we're never going to pre- quit preaching the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. And we're not going to preach, quit preaching the revelation of Jesus Christ as the Almighty God. And we are not going to quit preaching holiness without which no man shall see God. We've given. We've given you everything we had. Now God says, there's something else you must do. But before you do, you must anoint the man of God. Brother Bounds, Sister Bounds, symbolically at this moment, because there's a work I must do, I stand as chief pastor of Apostolic Gospel Church. I saw it, the Lord stopping through Zanesville. What was he doing? He was stopping devils. He was stopping the enemy. He was stopping satanic powers. He was taking care of addiction. He was taking care of depression. Are you hearing me? I said he's taking care of suicide. How? He's taking authority. Enslaved anymore by the sins of this life. Those shackles that you've been under that you thought you've had to deal with forever, God can break. come to you with this word God woke me up actually started last night and he said tell him it's time 
to take a God risk. Under the auspices of the Holy Ghost that God said, I've been trying to get you out of these four walls for over 20 years. And now it's time. Come on. Tonight, they're at a crack house, but maybe by next Sunday, they'll be on an altar in a baptismal tank finding a new direction. Tonight, they might stagger out of a tavern in a car accident, drunk on the way home, end up in the hospital and then in a jail cell. But we believe we can go to them with the gospel of Jesus Christ and they can have a 180 degree turn because there's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why don't we lift all our hands across this room and just begin to worship the Lord. Jesus, you're so worthy. Thank you for your blood that you poured out on Calvary.
smile at somebody in the house of the Lord. No, it was the blood for me. Praise God. You may be seated. What an exceptional gathering of believers here tonight for this wonderful legacy service, the celebration of 80 years for this church and 15 years for this incredible family. I want you to know we love you. Everyone in the room is better because of your family. Maybe seated in the 22nd chapter of Matthew, the Lord is speaking to a young man when he says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart soul, my mind, this is the first and the great commandment. The second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And what I found out some 20 years ago when I first met Pastor Aaron Bounds, who was not even Pastor Aaron Bounds at that time, was that he loved God with all his heart. I knew that he loved God with all of his mind. But we were sitting in a mall, had just become friends. We were at a mall because our wives wanted to go to the mall. We were sitting in the food court. We loved them and they loved shopping. We were sitting in the mall, and I'll never forget it. Begin to talk 
about the church and about the city, about this city that God had called him to. And I looked up, and I'll never forget, Brother Huckabee, I was just trying to eat some Chinese food in the mall. And all of a sudden, I heard him. And I looked up from my Chinese food. He was weeping in the food court. I knew in that moment, he doesn't just love God. He loves people. We're here tonight to celebrate that love that they have had for this community. If you are a minister that is out of this church, whether you serve here at the main campus or whether you serve in another campus or you are in ministry somewhere else, but you're out of this church, I would ask you to please stand here tonight, you and your spouse if applicable. Would you please stand here tonight? My, my, my. Look around the building. Let's give them. What a testimony. I'll never forget, Pastor Bounds, when you told me. The Lord told me that if I would send, he would send. And hasn't he been true to his word? We honor tonight missionaries that are here. Brother Sister Barrientos, the Barsadis, the Halls. If you would stand, we want to honor you here tonight. Let's give them a hand clap of appreciation. Brother Mark Heine is here, our ALJC superintendent. We honor you, Brother Heine. We honor you and we thank you. Now, I just want to show you a little glimpse of how much you're loved, Brother and Sister Bounds. If you're a minister not from this church, but you're a minister or a minister's wife and you're here to celebrate this family, would you stand here tonight, ministers and ministers' wives from all over this district and really all across North America. On behalf of this church, the Anchor Church, and on behalf of the Bounds family, I say thank you for being here tonight to support this incredible pastor and pastor's wife and these incredible children. Don't we love these kids? Lakin, Sawyer, Jillian, and Finn. We love them. We honor these babies. And I would be remiss tonight if I did not thank mom and dad bounds because often as we talk about pastor and sister bounds, mom and dad bounds and mom and dad tacket have a lot to do with why you are who you are. And we honor your parents tonight. I love these. They've become adopted parents to me. I just call them dad and mom along with it. We're blessed in the Ohio district to have such incredible leadership. And you're going to have the opportunity to 
see a couple of videos from voices that are very special to the bounds. But we're delighted to have here local from just down the road our amazing district superintendent, Brother Stark. Would you please come and greet this congregation tonight? and give honor and glory to Jesus. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Such an exciting honor to be here tonight to celebrate this historic church and the kingdom impact it has made on Zanesville, Muskingum County, and the surrounding counties, the state of Ohio, and so many places around our world as you have already heard. For 80 years this church has been a beacon of apostolic truth in this city. Pastor and Sister Bounds, we salute you and your family for 15 years of visionary leadership with an apostolic impact and apostolic anointing. Your fervent zeal for the kingdom of God is an example to all of us. The daughter congregations of the Anchor Network testify to your unrelenting burden and sacrifice for kingdom expansion here in East Central Ohio. Your investment of finance and personnel in so many locations have brought our precious apostolic message to so many people who otherwise would not have heard the message of new birth apostolic salvation. Pastor Bounds, thank you for representing the spiritual values of the United Pentecostal Church blemish for the past 25 years. And for your five or so years of leadership of North American missions in the Ohio district and the increase that your vision has brought to all of us. So on behalf of the Ohio district board, about 155 pastors and congregations, almost 300 ministers, we heartily congratulate you for the uh, history we celebrate tonight and we applaud your vision for the very bright future that God has placed before you and so uh, Pastor and Sister Bounds Anchor Church may God richly bless you and the future of this church in Jesus name Greetings from the World Headquarters of the United Pentecostal Church International in St. Louis, Missouri, USA. Congratulations to the Anchor Church of Zanesville, Ohio, and Pastor Aaron and Sister Cindy Bounds on your 15th pastoral anniversary and 25 years as a credential minister of the UPCI. And in addition, the 80th anniversary of your church. The church has been a wonderful lighthouse for many years in Ohio, we thank God 
for your significant contributions to the kingdom of God, your faithful ministry, and your love for the kingdom of God and the growth of God's people. We pray that God will give you many wonderful years ahead. Praise the Lord, everybody. Bishop Douglas White, and I want to take this opportunity to congratulate your church on 80 years. What an amazing feat. And the beauty of it is, for the last 15 of those years, you've had Pastor Aaron Bounds and his family there. There are few people on the face of the earth that I love more than Aaron and Cindy Bounds and their precious children. And I am delighted to be able to congratulate you folks. I love you. I'm proud of you. God is pleased with you. And I'm thankful that I get to be a part of your life. God bless you. I love you. We'll talk to you later. Mark Morgan came to this church over a decade ago and he prophesied to this church and he looked at pastor and he said, are you ready to pastor cities? Are you ready to pastor cities? And so all of these great men and women that you see behind me tonight and Brother Crispin's not here, he's running late, are a direct result of that prophecy. And we're thankful for that. And we just believe it's just the beginning. And we believe that greater things are still yet to come in this region. How many believe that tonight? Aren't you thankful for what God has done? Amen. We have Pastor John Castle and Sister Kim Castle at the Anchor Church of Woodsfield, Ohio. Amen. Amen. Pastor Nutter, Benny Nutter, and his wife Tracy at the Anchor Church of Coshocton. Glad to hear from you. And Pastor Nehemiah Gators and Sister Wendy at uh, the Anchor of McConnellsville or the Anchor of MoCo. So we're thankful for them and their leadership. Amen. And uh, me and my wife labor in the city of Crooksville and the city of New Lexington. And so we're thankful for what God has done. Amen. So we just want to take a moment and give honor where honor's due. And we want our bishop and first lady to come and join us on the platform if they would this time. Amen. I, uh, there's many things that we could say about each one of you, and uh, it's already been said, but what I've learned over the years is there's, there's nobody more passionate about souls than Pastor and Sister Bounds. They both live this precious truth, they love this precious truth, and they share this precious truth with everyone. And so, Pastor and Sister Bounds, we thank you for your faithfulness and your leadership for investing in us. And uh, you also believe in restoration. And I'll never forget the day when I came to an altar and repented. You didn't know who I was. And you come over and looked at me and said, God's going to treat you like you never left. And I'm thankful for that. And we, we're so thankful for 
that. And so on this anniversary weekend, uh, we thought it would be fitting to, for all the daughter works to just give you a love offering of our appreciation to you and Sister Bounds and your family. We love you all so much. There's just not enough words to say. Just know that we love and appreciate both of you. Thank you, Sister Bounds, for sharing your husband. And uh, you're a behind-the-scenes lady, but you do everything with excellence. And we'd go to the moon and back for you. Hope you know that. We appreciate everything you do. We're thankful for both of you, and we honor you tonight. Thank you so much. of this church and the very capable leadership of Aaron and Cindy Bounds. I'm not a daughter work pastor. I'm not, I didn't grow up in this church. But I am the product of the gift that's in your pastor to mend the broken and wounded. Almost 10 years ago now, Brother Bounds dedicated my baby. Natalie and I walked in the hotel today. She said, God knew where to send us. It was safe and it was healing. Sometimes Brother Bounds would just come get me by the hand and we'd come walk around this auditorium and pray. There'd be other times that we might just get in the car and get a the biggest cup of Tim Hortons that you could ever find and drink it on the way to Cambridge or somewhere to preach. What a gift you have been. And I'm thankful for all the people that are here to recognize your investment in their church. But I'm here to represent how you invest in individuals and make an impacting and leave impacting fingerprints on the lives of so many that are in this room. Thank you for being a heel. We are the result of your healing ministry. The Lord has been good to us to put Aaron and Cindy Bounds in our lives, and we love you for it. Amen. I will, I will briefly make a comment here. Brother Carson mentioned that in his first fellowship with Brother Bounds that he wept while they were supposed to be eating. Brother Bounds has a tendency to be too spiritual. So when I came to Zanesville, Brother Bounds said, you know, Huck, you and I belong together. I said, we do? He said, yeah. He said, I have a tendency to be too spiritual. And you have a tendency to be too carnal. <laughs> and together we're the right mix. I love you. We're the right mix. 
I'm going to invite the ushers to come right now. These weekends are not cheap. And so we're going to give you an opportunity to sow into the kingdom. Amen? You know, I tried to think on the drive here today something clever, maybe to motivate you to give. But then I thought, you don't have to motivate givers to give. It's what they do. And the Anchor Church gives your people and you give your money and you share your pastor and you share the ministries of this church. There's no one that is easier to take an offering from than the Anchor Church because giving is what you do. Amen? We're going to give you an opportunity to give right now and the Lord's going to bless you for it. Amen? Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to sow in the kingdom. We thank you for the opportunity to celebrate this wonderful church and its legacy of giving and investment. I pray, God, that you would bless both the gift and the giver tonight. Multiply it for your greater purpose. And we give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you give. So even when the Holy Ghost is for, I'm saying, okay, I've got a directive. I've got to get in and out of here. But I just feel like something stepped into the room a moment ago. Somebody needs to reach over to somebody and lift that hand up and say, hey, we're coming out tonight. They're still delivering power at an at a honor service. There's still a touch of God. That's it, sis. Lift that hand up a little higher. There's still the miraculous power of the Holy Ghost in here. Somebody just lift your voice and shout Jesus in here. Somebody shout Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Jehovah Jireh, oh Jehovah Jireh, yes he is my God, let's sing my God.
up one more time, all of the earth. All of the earth, it's that old man.
He can make you whole. There's no limit on the master this evening. Whatever you need, he can supply all your needs. I said he can supply all your needs. In the name of Jesus, I want you to turn into a three people and say there's still power in the name of Jesus. Turn around to somebody else and say there is still power in the name of Jesus. It's Friday night at the Anchor, celebrating 80 years of Jesus' name, preaching, baptizing, laying hands on the sick, and they recover. We've come to party tonight. We've come to praise in the night. Is there anybody that feels the presence of God? There's nothing too hard for God. I wish somebody would shout that. There's nothing too hard for God. Before I, I, I say anything else, nothing would make this service greater than somebody being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Nothing would be greater tonight than somebody to return to the Lord. Somebody to be baptized in the name of Jesus, filled with His Spirit. Somebody that comes in bound, but they leave made free. That's what this is about tonight. Hallelujah. I look out and, and see all of you. My heart is overwhelmed. My heart is overwhelmed that you would take time to be here tonight. My family, those that are here, my parents, and I appreciate you much. Thank you for dancing in church. Well, this sure is fun. Dad, I always loved it and you threw your notes away and said, I'm just going to follow the Holy Ghost. And Mom, I loved it when you got out from behind the keyboard and quit playing. And you start dancing and twisting. Those moments impacted me. I'm not going to stop dancing either. It's a legacy. Come on, miracles happen when you begin to praise Him. We're an apostolic people. We believe in exuberant worship with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. Somebody shout glory. Glory. When the roll is caught up yonder. When the roll is caught up yonder. Come here now. When the roll Called up yonder. You remember that hold out real long in church. You remember that? Ah. Then there'll be a little pause. When the roll is called up yonder. Oh, clap your hands. Aren't you planning on making it? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Before our preacher comes tonight, I want to give honor to Sister Ferris. Sister Ferris, you are such a lady. We appreciate you. The way you and Bishop Ferris led with your love and excellence and love for restoration. And uh, so impacted my wife and I. The way you believed in a God of second chances. It's absolutely amazing. And we know you are who you are because of that. 
Sister Janet Smith, that we're not going to tell you how old she is. Amen. You said, how old are you, Sister Smith? I want you to just say, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. I was 17 when I received the Holy Ghost in this very church. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. My thoughts before we move forward tonight is simply this. It would be so wrong to have been left with such a great legacy. 80 years. And to do nothing with it. But I feel tonight that it's the, of the increase of his government. There shall be no end. That's why I made a move today after that service we had last Sunday and got in contract with a realtor to get a piece of property down there. We believe that God has given us. Can there be an amen in the building? Somebody shout, there's an increase. Amen, amen, amen. We're so thankful. And Cindy, I love you. So thankful for you. And I can speak on your behalf tonight. How much we love this church. How much we love these people and this city. But the speaker we have tonight, he's the husband of Stephanie. He has three children. And... Uh, we love them, Sidney, Simon, and Jance. I'm going to tell you something right now. Before I ever knew how he prayed and preached, I loved how you loved your family. And one of the greatest treats that we had was to get to know you, come to the Eureka, California, and see the amazing church that you and your wife pastor. My children feel like you're the closest thing they've seen to Jesus Christ in the flesh. They love you. You've impacted my children. With John McDonald, pastors a great church, have been pastoring over 25 years in Eureka, California. He's not just a good salmon fisherman. He's a pretty good deer hunter. He's a man of prayer. And tonight, you're not only going to receive the message, you're going to receive the man. He's a man sent from God, and I believe God has called him here tonight to preach to us. Now, I realize we're all worked up. I'm sweaty. Anybody else in the building been moving a little bit? But we're going to respond to the word like we responded to the worship. Amen. Pastor John McDonald, my good friend from Eureka, California, would you come and open your heart and preach to us? Would you welcome him? Would you give him a big Ohio welcome? Hallelujah, hallelujah. What an absolute honor it is of all of ours to be here tonight and to celebrate with this great church and this great family. And uh, I have, and you have probably been to a lot of services like this, and they're not always this spiritual. Sometimes you endure through slideshows and testimonies that go on, but I felt the presence of God in this house in such a special way. To all of you from the Anchor Church specifically, I am one of you. What do I mean by that? Every Sunday morning, I get to join you in service because of the time difference. I being from the West Coast, 
we get to tune in and I get to hear Sunday school. Sometimes I get to hear the preaching. And I say as Queen of Sheba, until you get here, the half has not been told. The book of Micah chapter 6 says that Israel was delivered not just by Moses, but it says by Moses, Aaron, and Mary. It was a family affair, and tonight we understand that the great things that God has allowed to happen in this great church is because of this great family. And I agree with everything that has been said and uh, several have referred to the tears of Brother Bounds. But also, let me tell you what else happens. Oftentimes when we're on the phone, he makes other people cry too. Because he's tapped into the power of the Holy Ghost. He's one of those people that make everyone better around him. And he activates everyone's anointing. And uh, he is... Obviously, the embodiment of fivefold ministry. And when he gets in that prophet mode, he can flow in the Holy Ghost in such a special, dynamic way. And he is the only prophet that I know that is just a good guy in the flow and out of the flow. He's not moody. He's not weird. Aren't you thankful that he's just a... A good guy on top of being a prophet and apostle, he does it all. Romans chapter number 11 will be our text tonight. I give honor to the boys. They're just world class. They're menly, they're manly men. The ladies are beautiful inside and out. And uh, Sister Cindy is just a picture of grace and fun. Keep Behind every good man is a better woman. And uh, Sister Cindy, we appreciate you and love this family. Such an honor to be here. I do feel like the Lord has given me a word for this conference. It's a very straightforward word. Uh, we'll put together a few thoughts around it. But I believe the Lord is going to give us instruction tonight. Romans chapter number 11 and verse 16. For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. If the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree, wert grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Verse 16, if the root be holy, so are the branches. And thou art partakest of the root. You may be seated. The root system is very, very important to a tree. If you see luscious fruit, that means there's a healthy root system. You see a beautiful flower that gives fragrance, that tells you that beyond what you can see with your eye, subsurface, there is a healthy root system. It is the root system that brings nutrients up into that tree. The root system is vital. It stores it during wintertime for the fresh foliage 
to come during springtime. It is the root system that brings an anchor to that tree or that bush. If there is a disease, a fungus, a parasite that gets into the root system, most likely that root system or that tree will not be saved because it's very difficult to treat a wound or treat a root system that has been infected. When Jesus spoke about a root system, he talked about a parable of four soils. When he got to the stony ground, he said they were like a group of people that had no root. To have no root inside of them would mean that they would not endure and they would become eventually ended by the word of God. When John the Baptist talked about a root system, he said if you want to come to the Lord and receive him, you must lay the axe at the root of the tree. Because once you kill the root, then there is absolutely no hope for that tree. But as long as there are roots, there is the possibility that it could grow again. The disciples were amazed when they walked by uh, the temple going and coming. The tree that Jesus had cursed uh, had been dried up. It was dead because at the very roots it had dried up. It was three years ago this week I was in Wyoming, about 60 miles below uh, Jackson Hole. We were about 11,000 feet up. We were mule deer hunting, the Grays River. It's the Mecca for mule deer hunting. We'd come in from a couple days of hunting and we were around the camp and uh, a ranger stopped by. She stepped out of the truck and she inquired how we were doing. She checked our licenses. She said, the main reason I came by was to make sure that you guys did not have a fire. It was fire season. It's when California had a huge fire going on. Several states were on fire. It's not that Wyoming was on fire, but all of their resources had been distributed out to help the other states fight their fire. She looked around. She was satisfied that we had no fire in camp. We were just trying to kill a deer and go home, mind our business, follow the rules. Then she said, would you know that there has been 30 fires since season has started? Is that so? 30 fires? Yeah. She said, we're pretty convinced that they were all hunters. How do you know that? Well, they happened on the upper third of the slope where all the hunters go. Oh, I see. They were smaller fires, she said, that were quickly put out. We suspect that most of them were root fires. What is a root fire? Never heard of that. She says, well, they, they clear a little spot there and they'll build a fire out in the middle of a uh, seemingly barren place. But what they don't know is that when they start that fire, that underneath the ground there is possibly a root system. It's not right there at the tree. It's, it's a way extended from the tree. But once the fire starts in the root, it can go for a very long time. If we can have a picture up there, this is a picture of what it looks like for a root to catch on fire. If we can have the other picture up there, it can become a blaze. Now, this is what's amazing when you study about root fires. A root fire can start at one place 
and resurface another place. A root fire, are you ready? Can lay dormant under the ground for days, weeks, months, and years. A root fire can sustain itself even through a winter that has layers of snow on top of the ground because it's subsurface and it's not affected by what takes place around it. I have a word from the Lord tonight for you precious people. Eighty years ago, God began a fire. Eighty years ago, there's been words that have been spoken. There have been prayers that have been prayed. There have been little ladies and little men and children that have pointed their finger around this city and said, I claim this city by the authority of the name of Jesus. I thank God for it. By the evidence of the full house, I thank God that you're here. But I preach to what's not here, but what is coming in the name of the Lord Jesus. I know it was prayed a long time ago. I know we haven't seen it yet, but it is coming. If there was a fireman in the house that worked in the woods, he would tell you, if he was familiar with this, that root fires are very dangerous for a firefighter because they can step in a hole that used to have a root and they can burn themselves or even get stuck in an area sometimes because this is what they've come to find out. Because it is subsurface, they cannot stop a root fire once it starts. I know we're living in the day of the Antichrist. I know we're living in a day when everyone has lost their rails and their rudders. I know we're living in a day where they're trying to direct us in a way that is contrary to the word of God. But I've come to declare it does not matter what they say, what they do, or what rules they impose. Because it is a divine fire that the enemy cannot stop. The step that's pinned cannot stop it. They can't print something on the internet that's going to stop it. It is a divine work of the Holy Ghost. And what started on the day of Pentecost is fixing to explode again. I've come to nudge your faith tonight. The Holy Ghost has come to nudge you to pray one more time, to believe one more time, to go back to the well one more time because if God put it in your spirit, it is going to happen. It will come to pass. That fire is going to explode again. The Bible says if the root be holy... So are the branches. Everything the root is, so are you. What I'm preaching about is a fire of the Holy Ghost. Whatever the root is, so are you. 
I would to God there would be a fresh boldness and a power that would come down and burn away anxiety and fear and routine and tradition. I would to God there would be this wild abandonment of culture and just the way things have got to be. I would to God that we could unlock him out of the box today to come as a child to believe him that he is really God and he can fulfill every promise in the book. So when we look at it, some examples from the Bible would be Samson. The Bible said Samson was called from his mother's womb. As a child, the spirit began to move upon him. With the jawbone of a donkey, he killed a thousand people. With the strength of the Holy Ghost, he picked up city gates and he moved them. Caught 300 foxes, tied them together. That was because of the spirit that was upon him. But he got distracted along the way in the lap of Delilah. The Bible said he knew not that the spirit left him. He jumped up and he was as every ordinary man. And they mocked him. They treated him like an animal. They plucked out his eyes and they mocked him. He went around like an old animal plowing for them. Finally, they wanted to make sport of him. They shaved his hair off and he prayed as he put his hands on those pillars. And he said, God, one more time, would you allow the power of your spirit to operate? Watch now. They took his eyes. They shaved his head. They humiliated him. But even though they shaved his head, they never dug out the roots. And the Bible said that his hair began to grow. I want to preach restoration tonight. You've been humiliated by the adversary. He tripped you up. But what was put inside of you, the enemy cannot touch that nor stop that. And God is calling it forth again tonight. Caleb felt the nudge of the Holy Ghost. He said, we're well able to go up and possess the promises of God. The other ten spies turned the heart of the people. The Bible tells us only Joshua and Caleb went into the promised land while the others died in the wilderness. Then your Bible says 45 years later he had that same spirit of faith. 45 years later he went up and said Moses promised me this land of inheritance. He wasn't just sitting on the porch drinking tea waiting for the sun to go down in his own life. He said, I'm as strong today as I've ever been. I'm ready to go in and come out. He said, I'm not looking for defeat. I'm planning on victory. That faith burned all the days of his life and we celebrate that. But when you turn that chapter, you come to another chapter that's not as preached about as often. It talks about his family. He has a daughter by the name of Aksa. Aksa, he said, I'm going to give to the man that is 
that is bold enough to conquer a Canaanite city. One by the name of Othniel did that. And he said, I'm ready to collect. And so uh, it would, the scripture would bear out that he gave his daughter Haxa and he gave also an inheritance of land. While the newlyweds were on their honeymoon, they began to survey the land. And she says, you know what, this is a great piece of land, but I wish we had some springs on this land because it's not going to do us a lot of good just to have land without any springs. And Axa says to her new husband, Othniel, why don't you ask my daddy if he would give us some more land? And Othniel, he kind of pitter-patters around there and says, you know, I don't know. He gave us this land. I, I'm not sure I want to ask for anything more. Maybe we just need to be content with what God has given us through your daddy. I, she began to stew around a little bit. I, I see her kind of pacing back and forth. Uh, and with the slam of the door, uh, she says, I'm going to daddy's house. Uh, she jumps on the mule. Uh, and there is a flash. Uh, there is the pounding of hooves. Uh, and here he is on the porch. Uh, and he sees his daughter coming down. He can tell by the way she's coming. She's on a mission. She gets close enough and there's fire in her eyes. She's not coming to chit-chat. She's coming on a mission. She bounds off of that donkey. She skips the stairs as she comes up. And she says, Daddy, I'm here to ask you for something. She said, you know that property you gave us? It's no good to us unless we have some springs as well and the Bible would tell you that Caleb said I'll give you the springs on top and I'll give you the springs on the bottom. What do you make of that? What do you think possessed that girl to make a bold audacious ask like that? I'll tell you what, it was in her DNA. Her daddy was bold enough to say, we're well able. I know there's giants. I know there's walled cities. But God has given us a promise. And something was passed down. Do you realize today what's in your DNA today? Do you realize what's in your bloodline today? I don't think we need to just come to church and patty cake. I don't think we need to tolerate the adversary. I don't think we need to be bullied by the enemy. You're a child of the king. You're in covenant with the God of all glory. A few years ago, I had the privilege of reading a book. It was a book about the natives and how healthy they were compared to our civilized people today. The book's target was about how cancer is such a deal nowadays. And, and they did these, these scientific studies, 1908, by a Museum of Natural History and found that Cancer above Native Americans to be extremely rare. In fact, one population they studied in Fiji of 120,000 people. For 15 years they studied it, only had two deaths from cancer. Whereas in New York, ratios are 30 per thousand of cancer. 
The book would go on to talk about how a civilized life is so different than the original life. Our world has become so sedentary with cell phones in our hands, sitting on the couch by the hour. Food intake is toxic, doesn't have the vegetables that it used to have. Shot full of hormones and we're seeing the effect in our children now. Developing sooner because of that. Begin to study about how the inactivity and the sedentary lifestyle had actually uh, caused cognitive regression. They had slowed down and no longer were they thriving. And they came to the conclusion that what we intake and our action that we would hunt and that we would build and defend and fight is something that is very, very healthy. They said that the system that God made was made to thrive and to conquer and to overcome under any situation. In any situation, it could adapt and could overcome. Your system that we have here tonight was made to endure and survive. We were designed to be wild. And the worst thing that you can ever do is to be tamed. To all of my professional Pentecostals, not here tonight but watching online, I refuse a tame faith. I refuse to be tamed by the adversary. Because we're not in this by ourselves. There is an apostolic root fire that you are connected to. I had the privilege of raising lab puppies we had 80 of them it was so much fun the kids loved them they have like 10 or 12 in a litter we had two females and we had so much fun but what I found out was I was a lot more nervous than that mama was I tried to fix this beautiful place up for her I had it looking nice. I mean, we could take pictures. And I turned my back. She had all of those puppies underneath the deck in the dirt. You know why? She was just operating according to her natural instincts. Oh, God. I know we have two songs, an offering and another song, and the preacher preaches And we go to Bible study on Wednesday night. But something in my heart is screaming tonight. When I kneel my knee at an altar, I hear a voice that says, Don't you dare serve me with a domesticated, tame faith. Don't you dare ask me and only shoot three arrows because I want to give you complete victory over the adversary.
The other day I come out of the church, it was pouring rain. Some of the young people were crying about the weather. Oh, I just hate this weather, they said. I just hate the rain. I was running out to my car and two, three little old ladies, precious. They voted on my dad in 1970, still serving the Lord. And I felt so bad because they were walking to church in the rain. And I told them, called them by name. I said, I'm sorry that we don't have a golf cart. I said, by next year, we're going to have a golf cart for you. We're going to pick you up. They just smiled and said, Pastor, we learned a long time ago. We're not going to melt in the rain. It's okay. We've made it this far. I would to God tonight that you could get some grit on the inside of you and push back a little bit against the adversary and lay your hold on the promises of God's people. Can I tell you the last day is all about the bride of Christ? Can I tell you the greatest sign of the last day is going to be a revival church? Up near our place, there's a bunch of uh, natives and there's a big push right now to have a restoration of the ecosystem. They're taking out all the dams and they're taking out the logging roads. They're reestablishing everything that it was originally. And, and uh, they're actually taking pictures, old pictures, and rerouting the river to its original state. And uh, this great work is restoration habitat. And it's called this rewilding do you hear it do you hear it in the spirit God is saying I want my people to rewild some things I refuse to tell stories uh, of my grandpa and grandma forever. I refuse to tell stories uh, of the Kilgores uh, when they were going to a revival and they run out of gas uh, and they get water from the creek uh, and they put it in their gas tank and said if God could turn water to wine, he can turn water to gas. You have that same Holy Ghost fire in you. Where's your story? Not three songs and a message, but somebody needs to rewild your apostolic experience. We need to rewild evangelism. We need to rewild evangelism. They had citywide revivals in the book of Acts. Why not a citywide revival in Zanesville, Ohio? God's not a respecter of persons. Rewild your passion and your boldness once again. We need to rewild our worship. I thank God we do it refined. But don't forget David danced his coat off and he did it in a sacrificing posture. We need to rewild prayer. Prayer needs to ring around the clock. We need to rewild our commitment to holiness and separation. 
We're separated from the world. We're separated as boys and girls. And we're separated unto God. We need to rewild our commitment to apostolic truth. There's only one God. you got to be born again. You've got to speak with tongues. You've got to save yourself from this untoward generation. And we need to rewild our faith. We need wild faith. We need unconventional faith. We need bold faith. Faith was never meant to be dumbed down. Faith was never meant to be diluted, domesticated, intentionalized, or tamed. Faith was meant to be wild and reckless. Wild and reckless. When's the last time you had a wild God thought in your spirit? When your pastor jumped to this pulpit last service and began to proclaim the promises of God, that was a wild act of faith. I say, God, let's stand in agreement because there's coming a church in the last day that is not going to live tamed or dumbed down. I know it's part of our generation. The military has actually reduced the requirements of physical fitness because they've had to dumb it down. The educational system has actually lowered the standard that it was just a few years ago. Everything has been dumbed down. And if we're not careful, the temperature outside will try to come on the inside. And we'll try to get by with just a version of what used to be. And I've come with the word from the Lord today to remind you this is no hour to dumb down your passion, your commitment, or your dream. You're tapped into the same Holy Ghost fire that the first church had. And it's fixing to make another entrance. It's been underground, but you're going to see things of 3,000, 5,000 in one day if thou canst believe with wild. Wild faith. There's a term called eternal umbilicus cord. Our parents are more concerned about safety than they are preparing people for the next generation. They do their homework and they try to resolve all of their conflicts. They have safe zones at campuses now. What is a safe zone? Anytime you get your feelings hurt, you can go to a safe zone and there can't be any competing ideas with your ideas. And if we're not careful, the Antichrist would try to put that spirit into the church of the living God and have a safe church where we're not going to talk in tongues out loud and we're not going to look like we're wild eyed when we're worshiping God and we don't want to offend anyone. I want everyone to feel welcome but I want the old fashioned power of God to fall. 
up fire from heaven and fire. When Jesus talked, it wasn't just a nice saying or sentence that just rhymed. They either said, we'll leave everything to follow you, or they pick up stones to stone him. Jesus was very aggressive. They said, you're a blasphemer. Or they said, Hosanna, the son of David. Oh God, let the church one more time be baptized. Let the fire that's been burning under your feet that the apostles on the day of Pentecost started explode up your tree today and you'll be a light to this world the book of Hebrews says this but a body hast thou prepared me when you read Matthew's gospel The Bible would tell us that he mentions three 14 periods for a total of 42 generations. For 42 generations, Matthew says, I'm going to prepare a body. We know the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary, but we realize that through Mary's body, there were 42 generations in the making. What do you mean by that? That every generation had a purpose to play. God was configuring the right DNA. He was configuring the right personality. He was configuring for the man Christ Jesus to come. And everything that you have gone through in your life has been positioning you and transitioning you for this grand finale that you and I are fixing to be a part of. Just like he prepared a body for 42 generations he has been preparing you the body of Christ for the final act of redemption through his church just like the Sherpas from Nepal can climb up and down a mountain for the rich folks from the United States to come over and say that they climbed up the, the Mount Everest. They only did it because the Sherpas went up without oxygen, stowed oxygen along the way uh, so that they could be enabled to go all the way. Sherpas don't have oxygen when they go up. Uh, they're just bred for it. They're just made for it. I was reading about some island people uh, around Indonesia and Philippines uh, that can dive 200 feet uh, free diving and hold their breath for 13 minutes because it's just one generation after the next. They're being prepared. They're being acclimated. I've come to tell you every bit of hell you walk through. I've come to tell you every sleepless night, every time you felt nothing has been preparing you for the final act. He's been preparing the body of Christ for an apostolic explosion of Holy Ghost fire. And do you realize in your gene pool are people who build boats before it's ever had one raindrop on the earth? That's your grandpa. Your grandpa, 
never rained, never flooded, but had a wild faith idea that God was going to send the rain and we better build a boat. And Noah moved with fear and prepared an ark as I preach tonight. God wants to drop a thought in your mind that you've never thought of today. Don't cross it off as being crazy or the pizza you ate. It is the rewilding of your faith. Your grandpa left everything he knew and followed looking for a city that he didn't even know what it would look like. But he felt a nudge and he heard the voice of God. We have in our lineage today a little boy that will face a lion and a bear because they took daddy's sheep. You want to talk wild and crazy? Come on young people. You don't have to wait till you're older. Have a title. All you got to do is have a rewilding of your faith. You're connected to an apostolic root fire. A lady could have a baby at a hundred. The last act that you can do in your life is to worship while you lean upon a staff. Your family marches around Jericho seven times until the walls fall down. Three days in the belly of the well, uh, 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 Jonah did. 300 men with pitchers and a loud voice destroyed 120,000. One man prayed and the heavens were shut up. He prayed again and it rained. He prayed again and fire fell from heaven. They marched all night long. A widow lady gave her last meal to the prophet. A, a, a disciple got out of the boat and walked on water. They charged Goliath with just a slingshot. They grabbed the jawbone of a donkey and chased a thousand men. They commanded the sun to stand still. When's the last time you had a bold ask? When I'm preaching to a tamed society, God wants something to be rewild in our heart. In your DNA are people who say, if I perish, I perish, but I'm going for it. I'm not interested in protecting my reputation. I'm not interested in how it comes out. I just want to have. I just want to have the kingdom of God established in my generation. I just want to see all you begin both to do and teach happen in my generation. Does anybody in Zanesville tonight want to believe that God can do it in Zanesville? We have, we have apostle with us, Noe, tonight, brother Noe. I thank God for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in South America. But I say, God, let that happen in Zanesville. Zanesville tonight. And so I stand in agreement with every single prayer that has been prayed and every prophetic word. And I say tonight, let it come from the sword, the south, the east, and the west. A few moments ago, 
I leaned over to Brother David Smith. I said, Brother David Smith, I just feel like you're supposed to come and give the altar call tonight. As he's coming up here, I stood last year in Colorado on what is called the Great Divide. It's the backbone. We were up 12,000 feet. We took a picture next to a sign. That sign told us that the raindrop that falls on this side of the sign goes to the Pacific Ocean. And the rain that falls on this side of the sign goes all the way to the Atlantic Ocean. From drainage to river to creeks, it's that backbone that runs down the continental divide. And how many apostolic churches, how many believers, how many districts, how many organizations get so close to tapping in, get so close how the story could be completely different. Hear this preacher tonight with a simple word. God wants to revitalize and reuse every dream God has given you. And Joseph remembered the dream. He forgot about it. But when he looked around at his brothers falling at his feet crying, the dream came back on the authority of the word of God. Every dream that you used to pray about, it's going to be quickened to your mind because the apostolic root fire is going to come up. There's been some storms of life that you forgot about it, but underneath those storms, those promises are still alive. Your prodigal is still coming home. Thus saith the Holy Ghost. I just feel in the Holy Ghost right now to hand this off to date. Brother David, I've never done this in my life. Whatever you feel like God's telling you to do. Brother McDonald was speaking just about, I want to say two minutes ago. I felt it just drop into the spirit. I don't always go by what I feel because I know Phil is only seven times in the Bible. I go by what I know, which is 717 times in the Bible. But I leaned over to Pastor Bounds and I wanted to make sure I felt like just for a second, if we would begin to open our mouth and just begin to pray right now, God's, I'm telling you, God's about to rekindle that fire. But I need, and I don't, I, I know what some people came for. Some people came, it's an anniversary service, but I'm asking you to pray right now. I'm not asking you to pray in the flesh. I'm asking you to pray in the spirit right now. And then we're going to go a little bit further in just a moment. But I need you to open your mouth and begin to pray in the spirit right now. Come on, I know sometimes we just begin to pray until we satisfy the flesh, but we're not going to satisfy the flesh right now. We're actually going to pray until we enter into the holies of holies right now. Come on, come on, open your mouth right now. Everybody in the building, everybody in the building right now. You want my want to just reach over and take somebody by the hand if it's appropriate right now. Come on, just pray right now. Let's believe right now. Let's believe right now. Right now, in the name of the Lord. 
Right now, Lord, right now, right now. Come on, I don't know who you are in the building, but I promise you, God, God's about to rekindle that fire in your body, your mind, and your spirit right now. It's going to happen right now. Come on, the atmosphere's changing right now. Come on, the atmosphere's changing right now. Come on, the atmosphere's changing right now. God, I call it God. God, we call it to be done, Lord. Come on, let's push a little bit in the Holy Ghost. I know I'm pushing a little bit myself, but let's push a little bit in the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's pray a little bit. Let's push a little bit in the Holy Ghost. Come on, the atmosphere's changing now. I said the atmosphere's changing now. Jesus. Why don't we give him a hand clap of praise in the building? We'll go a little bit further. As the man of God was ministering, I, the presence of the Lord is so strong in the house. You might be a guest here tonight. You might have been on a little extended vacation here tonight. You might be in the building, but you're feeling like you're like the lost coin in the house. Just wishing somebody would come by and just whoo, find you. I feel so strong in the Holy Ghost that God's about to renew faith and rekindle faith. Man, I tell you, I, I, I never heard what he what he preached tonight. I'm not a big studier. Y'all might all heard it, but I never heard any of that. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what, Lord, do that in me. Re rekindle that fire in me, God. Don't let me get so professional that I forget where I came from. Don't let me huh? don't let me get so professional that I forget where you brought me from. Woo. Can some of us remember the days when we were lost and undone? Even if you were in the church, you were still lost and undone. But there was a day that Jesus reached down and said, "Listen, I I see something in you that everybody else don't see, but I'm I, listen, do you do you realize we're blessed people to be in this house tonight?" 
But you know what? No matter what walk of life you come from, no matter what your last name is, no matter what your pedigree is, no matter how rich or how poor, God says, you know what? I got you in the right place at the right time. And here's what I'm about to do. I'm about to rekindle that fire. I'm about to put that back on you again. For the bounds I remember back in 07. (laughs) I remember when me and you went to the jailhouse. You with the guitar and the harmonica, and we just started playing. You started singing, and we started crying. We can't help it. And people just started getting the Holy Ghost. remember parties out in the field with 2,800 people. Finally, I said, Brother Bounce, let's not take inv- let's not take names on nothing else. My God, how are we going to follow up on 2,800? You said, I don't know, David, but we'll figure it out. Just passing out Fanta, having fun. Zanesville, I want you to hear me. I'll say it again. This building ain't big enough. Brother Bounds, 50 congregations still hadn't left my spirit. That's what you're going to have. It's going to happen. I know, I know you're here to celebrate Zanesville. That Bible says you need to rejoice when others rejoice. Because, see, it might be coming to your field. It might be coming to your house. It might be coming to you. Huh? It might. Because you rejoice with somebody else's harvest, you might receive a harvest. Uh oh, because you rejoice with somebody else. I'm telling you, God can do it for you. The angels of the Lord are in this building right now. I need somebody to pray in the Holy Ghost for a moment again. Huh? Here it is right here. Here it is right here. Open your mouth now. Open your mouth now. If you want to be a part of this harvest, I'm asking you to come down right now. Come on. You want to be a part of the harvest all over the congregation. I'm asking you to come right now. Come on. Come right now. We're going to do something in a minute, but come down right now. I don't care where you're at in the building. I want you to come on.
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.